Hello and welcome back to the Double Post Pod. As always, I'm Reese. And I'm Charlie. And uh, we have some good stuff to talk about. We do have some great stuff to talk about. The first thing I want to talk about, though, is how fucking hot it is in the city right now. Yeah, um, we're currently recording upstairs in my house, um, which does not have AC. And as some of you science nerds might know, heat does tend to rise. Yes. Which means that we're pretty much boiling alive right now. So, If yeah. we lose our train of thought... Um, there, there's our there's our built-in excuse. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you can blame like carbon emissions and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, a, solid, that's a solid. The Timbers won. The Timbers won. Yeah, speaking of solid, there's your transition. Uh, <laughs> the Timbers beat the brakes off of Colorado. Uh, we'll talk about you know obviously we're going to talk about the ins and outs of the game. Uh, I was really interested from a game flow perspective about uh, the just kind of big differences that this game brought on. Does that even make sense? The big moment, like, the moments in this game shifted its momentum pretty wildly, I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, we can just get into it if you want. Like, early on, I think the Timbers had the better chance. Like, the first 15 minutes, I think it's safe to say the Timbers, like, dominated. The yeah, we looked, we looked really good. We, we had a chance right out of the gate. Uh, it was off, kind of off a, like, a limited counterattack. Jimmy gets the ball, cuts it inside. It's a really nice shot to the near post. Yep. Um it's a difficult one to score. It was one of those where, as as I was watching it, um, it looked like there were better, better angles for like him to maybe lay it off to somebody else or to you know find somebody in the middle. Uh-huh. But I'm never going to get mad at him for taking that shot. Like he found an inch of opening and you know took took it at the near post. Yarborough had it saved. Who I thought Yarborough played pretty well uh, <laughs> until he literally Up couldn't in, play anymore. Yeah. Um, um, it was funny. I literally, I turned to the, I couldn't get, I couldn't, obviously it was blocked out on ESPN. Um, oh, and I don't was? have the, yeah, and I don't have the oh, local right. channel. So like yeah. I had to like, I was going through the different, you know, streams. Yeah. Um, and I, I turned it on like right as this chance was developing. Um, and were like the first thing I saw was Bravo. Like right as I turned on the TVs, Bravo take that massive touch. Yeah. It's one of those ones where the defender like the could very easily get the ball like it's right to him but he's just like so concerned about going backwards or like it doesn't dawn on him until it's too late that like he totally could have got the ball yeah so like bravo gets away with an enormous touch um and then like the, the, the other thing that's so fun about those giant touches a lot of times the defender will like pause kind of too late mm-hmm. um and be like oh crap like i could get this ball and at that point it's too late and then they're totally cut out of position so now they not get the ball in the first place but then they're not even marking their man yeah um so kind of lucky there but it frees up a lot of space for jimmy who um ultimately goes on to get the shot i mean away. bravo's been doing really well at progressing the ball dribbling in the last two games yeah, this was a uh, weird game for bravo a huge yeah. mixed bag yeah it uh, was. We'll, 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 we'll circle back to that that was one of the good things i i think in general he can improve his chemistry a little better with blanco uh-huh um but I'll, I'll make that point a little later. Uh, but let's continue with these highlights. I said the Timbers dominated the first 15 because at the stroke of 16 minutes, they give up the first chance of the game, I think. Maybe Colorado had some before this. but um, They had a couple other like half chances. But yeah, that was the first row. And Jossie's artist should be... <laughs> he, should, he should arguably be scoring this one. Like, the shot from the top. He, he gets the shot it on frame, that's for damn. He basically, like, yeah, he gets a through ball, kind of bounces off his foot weird, but he ends up with, like, a good bit of space, like, pretty much just inside the top of our box with, like, nobody putting real meaningful pressure on him. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't hit the target, but he goes wide by a mile. So, something I noticed about this play and something I noticed throughout the first half was 
tactically Colorado were winning this battle against Portland's back line pretty easily, they would drag Zardes out to the sideline to pull Tui Loma with him. Yeah. And then without the Timbers' best defender on the back line, they would try to hit it forward and, like, cause some chaos. I mean, it works when there's, like, no pressure from Van Rankin or anybody else. In this case, I guess it's Rubio dragging him out, but it happened a number of times. I noted, like, at least two or three times where Zardes was the one pulling Tui Loma out there. Yeah, um, Jossie looked, um... Not good. <laughs> no, Jossie was bad. He is very bad. Um, if Jossie were more uh, informed, they probably would have gotten a goal out of this game. That move to Colorado was such an interesting one because, like, a lot of people around MLS were excited about it, right? Like, yeah. oh, Jossie's getting booted out in Columbus. Like, he's getting thrown under the bus, all this stuff. Like, this is a great opportunity for him. You know, MLS media loves Colorado just because they're not supposed to be good. They don't spend any money, uh-huh. but somehow they still are good. Um, and just because there's a bunch of MLS lifers on that team, like Zardes and Kay and like uh, Barrios, guys yeah, like that. Yeah, Kay looked really good this game. Kay did look really he looked, good. It was funny. He was easily their best player, I'd say, for the game, and then got pulled out like I was going to say he was up. their first sub, yeah. yeah. And uh, was pissed off. Yeah. You could see him arguing the match. And I think at that point it was one of those things in the, where the game was like winding oh, down. Oh, the game was and, over by then. Yeah. Like, and they probably still... wanted to pull him, give him some rest. Um, you know, he was very clearly like their best player for the first two thirds of that game and then got subbed first. <laughs> You yeah. can tell he was not he was not hyped by that. Yeah. But we're jumping the gun there. We um, are a little bit, yeah, we'll get we'll get to that. Um anyways, let's keep going with these first half chances. Uh there's one in the thirty-fourth minute in particular where it's another like it's another opportunity where maybe uh the Timbers should do something different. Like I mean Jimmy gr- might make the wrong decision. It was a great great the the counterattack was really well worked because uh I remember it doesn't really show up in the highlight package, but I remember like during this whole play, like it was one of those counterattacks where like we're hugely outnumbered. It was like three yeah. on like five or on six, and like everybody just made like the right run and the right pass to keep yep. the ball moving with pace. Um Santi did really well. Um, gets it gets it out wide. Uh, Yarick did really well hitting a ball all the way across field to Blanco with his right, which I thought for sure was getting picked off. Um Yeah, it's one of those where like it shouldn't get through. Yeah, it goes through like the middle of like of like five <laughs> defenders and he just like puts it in that perfect spot with just enough pace to get all the way across. Um yeah, Blanco um, holds it up, a little overlap by Jimmy, who just takes too much time, which is something yeah. we've seen which is something we've seen several times from Jimmy, honestly, during his time in Portland. is just taking too much time. Yeah, and then later in this... Reminiscent of him, like, trying to remember, trying to round the keeper. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Earlier in the um, Blanco does well at the end of this to, like, dribble through about three different guys and get a shot off, which, like, is, is a pretty good shot. Like, he forced a kick save, which is not an easy yeah, thing oh, to do. Oh, yeah, it was a, it was a good shot. If, given the, the, even the angle he was at, can't really do much better than that. Yeah. As, as Still, though, I mean, like, maybe just hit it into the middle and something happens. Like, I don't know. I'm glad you highlighted Santi, though. Because he's the one, he's the person who stood out to me in this first half. And really in this game, honestly. Like, I mean, I know Yarrow ended up getting the brace in the second half. Mm-hmm. But, like, Santi in the first half for me was insane. He was making all the right decisions. Like, he was beating guys 1v1 super easily. He had one play where he was out on the right wing and, like, uh, Yarrow, Yarrick, whatever we're calling him, like, made a diagonal run sort of in front of him. There were two guys right in front of Santi and he played it between the two of them to get it to, uh-huh. to Nizkota. And that's like, and he, he like waited for the right time to do it too. Like Santi is a really, really smart attacking player. Um, and he was bringing the energy in the first half when he was on that right wing. Later on, like they switched sides like we always do. Uh-huh. 
and he was, I think he was a little less effective from that end, but I mean, I don't know. Do, do you have anything else to say about Santi? Cause I thought he was nuts in this game. I, I thought Santi was, I thought he had a good game. Um, I guess I want to I want to circle back to this. I want to get through the first half. I have some like more general thoughts about the first half as a whole. Okay, sure. Um, but going through because there's there's a couple more. I mean, there's a couple more important <laughs> moments in the first half. Um, Barrios, uh, actually Colorado had a really good chance. Um, Barrios basically slides through Zuperich, um like he's made of Swiss cheese. Yeah, um, thirty six. Which is really yeah. yeah it was, this was really bad. Um, making a run down the line just goes right through him. I mean, again, is that we a talk meg? about this. I yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a Meg. Um, gets it with the left, and Zuperich just like su- like swarms his feet and doesn't put a man doesn't put a body on him. Yeah, just goes right through. Um, but how many times have we seen that exact pass create a dangerous opportunity for the team? Yeah. That, that, like the kind of diagonal ball coming in down the line towards our end line with a player running onto it. Uh, this time it wasn't the cutback across, but like it just goes it right through. It very well could have been. Yeah, and then he yeah. ends up taking a shot, which is perhaps ill-advised considering he was like almost on the touchline. Also but... considering Barrios did not bring his shooting boots. Oh, um, goodness gracious, Barrios. <laughs> the man was having a rough one was shooting-wise. Having... He, was, he, was, he had some nice, I mean... He had some nice highlights, one v one dribbles, but um, yeah, his <laughs> Final shooting product was, was not there. <laughs> his shooting was a just a mess. Um, Vinicius like performance, I might say, <laughs> from Barrios. Uh, anyways, um, one thing we missed that didn't make the highlight package: uh, Paredes getting injured. Non-contact you're right. Non-contact you're right. Injury we didn't talk about in, that. Like the, what? Somewhere between the twentieth and thirtieth minutes. Yeah, uh, I think it was twenty-first minute, twenty-second, something yeah. like that. Um, got replaced by Eric. So at the end of the game, in, in post-game, someone asked Gio, Paul Danzer asked Gio about uh, Paredes and the injury, and he said, he said something kind of weird. He said, like, it's a hamstring injury, but they don't think it's serious, but it was serious enough to where Paredes didn't want to, like, he instantly wanted to be subbed off. He didn't. I will say, like when I when I watched the, when I saw the injury happen, obviously you don't like to see those kind of you, you hate to see a player go down in a circumstance like that. But he didn't really seem to be in too much pain. He didn't seem to be too restricted. He walked off the field. Yeah. Um, it obviously whenever someone's getting subbed early in the game, you you kind of get scared that it might be something really serious. But I, I guess it's kind of good to hear that like it, he didn't think it was that serious because like from what I saw, like it didn't look like it didn't it yeah. didn't necessarily have the makings of a serious injury, which like can be the case sometimes, like, especially with, like, ACL, MCL, stuff. Mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't look as serious as it is. So um, we'll see where he's at on Wednesday. I mean, that's the nice part about Wednesday games, I guess, is you get a little more insight into guys who aren't feeling as great. But uh-huh. it's also tough because you might have to play them. Right. Uh, although, one Eric Williamson stepped in, and I think he filled well, the role well, pretty well. well. <laughs> we're going to save it. We're going to have a whole discussion about Eric. Keep buzzing through these first half ones. Uh-huh. Um, another diagonal ball in the 37th minute, and Jonathan Lewis just cooks Van Rankin. Like, it sucks, because this is one of those... Read the scouting report, man. It's a right footer on the left wing. You don't want to give him that kind of space at the top of the box. Yeah, it's like so clear what he wants to do. Like when you see When you see a right footer cutting in... Like as someone, I mean, I don't, I don't normally play left wing, but like as someone who like has played there, and like it's like it's very, it's the same thing when you're playing futsal. You get in that situation all the time. Yeah. It's like as a right footer on the left side with the defender in front of you going to goal. There is one thing that you're going to do almost every single time, yeah. and it's a little body faint, cut on your right, whip a shot far post. 
I think that's like was, the that's like the thing to do. I think it was Mares when he played at Leicester. Yeah, he would play on the right, and he was a lefty, and he would do the same thing every time. Like, yep. he's Huck going he, to cut inside, and he's Zia, going. Bro, to, Zia, Zia, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a guy who always does that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyway, Van Regen gets completely blown by. Um, thankfully, the shot is not in the corner. Um, Ivacic reacts. Decent save. Yeah, he makes, it's a save he's expected to make, but he also gets good contact on the punch, punches it out and away. Yeah, it, it still ends up with Colorado, but like you know, I'm not. <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. Yeah. Um, uh, they get a corner out there. of it. We did a pretty good job defending set pieces, although Keegan Rosenberry almost scores a worldie off of that, yeah. which I yeah, hits pretty a, much forgot about. Yeah, it hits a, hits a vault. It was like one of the like header cleared. It was like the Kovacic one almost. Yes. Um, that he's yeah, for Chelsea. Yeah. Obviously, uh, didn't didn't bang in <laughs> top corner, but uh, but yeah, it comes pretty damn close, and Ivacic is just sitting there watching. That's just um, one that you like to move on from. Yeah. It's like, all right, you know, breathe a little sigh of relief and uh, keep going. Uh, speaking of keeping going, yeah. this next highlight, anyway. <laughs> the 46th minute yeah. mark in the first half. Um, this this was one of the weirder opportunities I'd seen, but good on Santi Moreno for getting to this ball from Bravo. I don't really know what he's thinking with this I, pass. I don't know if this is like what he was planning. There's or, no way. There's just know. no way. I don't know. I don't know. Because Nij Goda clearly didn't even make an attempt for it. I think he might have been trying to do that. Anyway, Santi is, like, way, way, way behind um, Colorado's last man. Yeah. Um, but just absolutely blows by him. And it's a weird ball because it's coming from the outside. And he cur- uses his left foot on the left side, but, like, plays it in almost. Yeah. Which is, like, a run you rarely like out, see. Yeah. Like, a player running, like, straight onto a ball cutting inside of goal. Um Somehow, like, Santi's managed to outrun the Colorado defenders. I mean, that's... And, yeah. and basically, yeah. And, I mean, um, you guys know the rest from there. Yarbrough cleans him out. Um, that was a pretty ugly scene. Him, like... I think he literally got knocked out. Oh, uh, like, yeah. He, he basically, he like, Santi gets clipped up in the air and then just slams into his temple. Yeah. Um, uh, which, again, Santi does get the touch around him. Yeah. And... It like it's it's obviously a foul and it's obviously a penalty. Listen, the thing that I thought was interesting about this was that the call on the field that the ref made was yellow card, no penalty. It was yellow card, free kick. Yeah, yeah. So he said he the referee did not say this was a denial of a goal, obvious goal scoring opportunity, even though Santi had literally just rounded the keeper. <laughs> yeah, um, that's I really did. interesting. Again, it's one of those things where like. Everyone had a lot of sympathy for Yarbrough at that point, so like uh-huh. you don't really need him. To, you know, we're not going to really clamor for him to get sent off. And also, it's a it's a it's a double jeopardy kind of deal. Where like, because it clearly was in the box too. So the referee yeah. does, the referee does get the decision right on on VAR um, after not super long. Yeah, thankfully. Which, I mean, yeah, thankfully. You know, you'd rather them get the decision right. You know, it did take a while, but. I mean, it's, important. it's not like Yarbrough was going anywhere anytime soon. Oh, like, yeah, buddy, no. when he stood, I don't know if they showed it, when he stood up, yeah. finally, he, like, literally swayed sideways. Yeah, no, they were, they like, the medical staff had to, like, keep him from... Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, hopefully he's, you know... Hopefully okay, he's okay, okay, and for Colorado's sake, they better hope so, because, um... I they mean, I don't want to... Tra- right I don't want to... I don't want to shit on this 19-year-old too much, but... Yeah, they, oh, brought on, uh, they brought on, what is this? <laughs> Abraham their third, Rodriguez. Their third string keeper? He must I think, be. Because he I think they be. have another keeper that was I think uh, not Clint, there for some reason. Is Clint Irwin still? Oh, I, I, don't know. I have no That's clue. A, yeah, whatever. Um, uh, they don't have a DP keeper like they used to. You know, they, they, they bring on a, a 19-year-old, um, never played in the MLS before, <laughs> getting subbed on to face a penalty against Sebastian Blanc right before halftime. 
comes onto the field and immediately starts chirping him. Yes, like yes. immediately. Like, and you know what? I applaud that. To be honest, I applaud that nonsense confidence. Yeah, because why not, man? What are you? What are you really gonna lose from this situation? Uh-huh. Like. <laughs> you're all the odds in the world are against you. You're 5'8", 165. Yeah, five eight, the ideal size for a, for a professional keeper. Oh, I man. mean, that is tiny. That's like Nick Romando sized. I mean, I, Nick Romando played pretty well. So, yeah, but I mean, Nick Romando, but Nick Romando is like like the superhuman reflex. Somebody in my group chat looked it up and said that there were, according to like some FIFA website, there were only like two keepers smaller than this guy. In like wow. the pro game, which I found surprising, but I mean, when you think about it, like sure, there are some undersized keepers like Troy Perkins or like Romando, but there's not a lot of them. And like undersized for a keeper is like average height. Yes, yes. Like like someone who's like five eleven is like pretty undersized for a keeper. Yeah, and that's like not like that's like above average. So like like the I feel like the average keeper is at, like at least in like the low sixes. Oh, definitely, you know? yeah. I mean, you think of all the guys like like Donnarumma or like Buffon who are just massive. Uh-huh. Um, Hunter Sold. Hunter Sold, you know? yeah. Uh, just massive guys. Anyways, Blanco, Blanco in his interview post-game admitted that it was a terrible penalty. It um, wasn't his best. By the way, oh, I didn't read the quotes, but anyways... Uh, so this guy, Rodriguez, comes on the pitch, starts chirping Blanco. In post-game, we asked him, like, you know, what, what did you guys, what was said between you two? And <laughs> Seba was like, he came up to me, and he was like, this is my first game, and I'm going to save your penalty. <laughs> and then Seba was like, well, it's my first penalty of the year, so I guess we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Which honestly doesn't inspire a lot of confidence on Seba's side. Yeah. Uh, especially considering this this lackluster penalty, but he still sent him the wrong way, so yeah, that's I- all that really <laughs> he he Seba doesn't he doesn't look at the keeper at all. He sends he spends the entire time looking at the ball. Um like yeah. instead of looking at the goal instead of looking at the keeper, which I I don't know, I'm personally not a huge fan of that uh strategy. Just because like I feel like it's too easy to like lose your bearings a little bit yeah. when you're like when you have so much going on. Um But I mean I guess he gets it in the back corner, but yeah, that's not a good it's penalty. It's not a good penalty. If the keeper goes the right way, there's a good chance it's getting saved. But you know, it's not it's not atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um, keeper goes the wrong way, he buries it. Um, Seba goes celebrates and then yells at him uh, from the <laughs> corner, uh, which is funny because like someone, I think the commentator even made a mention like, oh, you know, no response from Seba, and then he starts yelling I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> Dude, speaking of the commentary, so they had Killer Burger as the press food, right? And um, I don't I don't know if you've been keeping up with these a lot lately, but there have been a lot of like memes about English people and English food specifically, especially now uh, that once the World Cup groups got announced, you know, there's uh-huh. quite a few of them. And Reggie was putting uh, like ketchup on his fries or on his burger, and I was gonna make a comment about like, oh, so you're you're not that English? Like ketchup isn't too spicy for you? Or something like that. <laughs> I was like thinking of it in my head, and then he approached me and said, hey, and, like, totally caught me off guard, and I wasn't ready to respond at all. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was like, you don't know who I am. Why are you, why are you saying hi to me? That's funny. Um, That's awesome, though. Yeah, it was. And there were a lot of press there this time. But anyways, uh, end of the first half, Colorado gets one more chance off this set piece, uh, and it's a pretty decent chance, actually. Like, yeah. Trusty takes it down off his chest and, like, has to half-volley it. Yeah, he doesn't, doesn't get the post. best setup for it. Just kind of hammers it with his left. Yeah, like, he, he he doesn't he doesn't give he doesn't he gives himself a lot to do with his with his touch. I don't know. You just like to see that uh, cleared a little sooner. That's one of those chances sooner. where it's like I feel like 
you're not crazy worried about that kind of chance if you're like watching like most games, you know, if you're like watching an MLS game, you're not super worried. Uh, if it's Luis Suarez taking that down on his chest, you're Ooh. like, oh, yikes. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. no. Austin Trusty. Austin Trusty, you know. <laughs> there's a lot There's a lot you got to get right for that to be dangerous. And uh, it's, pretty, um, it's pretty rare that MLS players can consistently do that. <laughs> Anyways, so first half analysis. I, I thought it was kind of interesting that I was looking at the XG at halftime. Mm-hmm. And without the penalty, Colorado would have beaten us in XG. Yeah, in the first I, that half. doesn't actually surprise me. I think for the for the it was funny. So what I was gonna say about the first half in general is like I thought we played well, um, but what we saw off and I, I liked the way we were playing. I thought like this our style of play in the first half and second half was virtually identical. Yeah. But in the first half, the stuff we were trying just wasn't quite working. Wasn't quite working out. Mm-hmm. I think that when we have our full strength squad with guys like Seba, with Santi, with Eric. All of those guys are really big on, like, the one-two intricate passing. Jimmy does that a lot. Mm-hmm. So, like, when we actually have, like, all four of those guys, like, playing consistently, our style of play is very much, like, feed it in, bounce it, bounce it, bounce it. We've had yeah. tons of those, like, little combination plays, which is super fun to watch as a viewer. Yeah. But in the first half, really none of them were working into good shooting chances. You know, they'd shooting all get, chances, they'd, yeah, they'd yeah. all They'd all get closed out in the 18, we'd get crowded down, and then eventually someone would lose the ball. Yeah. Like, it was fun to watch. But it just we we didn't quite have the end product there, um, and I think which is why we weren't we didn't create enough solid chances outside of the penalty. Um, yeah. Even though we look we're looking good and we we're getting to the attacking third and had good free flowing offense, it just wasn't quite creating the chances we needed it to. And I mean, in classic Timbers fashion, like we gave up uh, some pretty scary chances in that first half. Yeah. Uh, and we did a couple in the second half too, but. Um, the intensity in the second half was off the charts. We definitely. were, yeah. By the way, the, we started off with a bang. As soon as the second half started, like you could tell we were out was, to win this game. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was really fun to see, actually. Yeah, and you know maybe the penalty. I'm sure the penalty helps that going into halftime with the uh, advantage. But I mean, even if it was zero zero, I think the Timbers still end up winning this game just based on the second half performance alone. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, let's get into it a little bit. Shoot. Uh, right off the bat, like literally 90 seconds into the half, um, Nias Gota gets a ball over the top from, who plays that ball? Can we even see in the highlight? Oh, it's Santi from yeah. all the way back at his own 18. Absolutely beautiful through ball. Um, yeah, he shrugs off a defender, gets it to Jimmy, who just... To be honest, given given the fact that like where where this where this like ends up with like the two-on-two, it's kind of a miracle we don't get a better shot out of it. Yeah. Because Jimmy, so Nias is on the right side, dribbling in on his left. Um, there's really only there's one defender kind of lagging behind and one defender kind of splitting Nijgoda and Jimmy and Jimmy's kind of cutting towards Nijgoda's left in the goal, which looks like the perfect pass because either a he plays left, it yeah. yeah he plays it into Jimmy's path no 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 this is before this is before oh before he okay. he's cut he plays it into Jimmy's path and Jimmy probably gets around the defender and then has a tap in or he fakes the pass cuts onto his own right and has tons of space you know. Yeah, you're but right. Just, if he keeps going, but he just left, takes too. Nishigoto just takes a little bit too much time, and the space kind of closes up, and Jimmy changes his mind, cuts back across Nishigoto, who then plays that wide to him. But then, of course, Jimmy's taking the shot with his right foot on the right side, just has much less of the goal to shoot at. Yeah. As a result, he ends up ripping a ball straight at the keeper. Um, it's an easy save. If they act quickly enough, they can still get Blanco in the picture too. Like yeah. if he stops the ball with his right here instead of trying to shoot it. Yeah, first there's time. just a lot of options. This was not the best. This is not the best shot we can get out of that. No, and a lot of that's kind of on Nuzgoda for. Um, I think honestly, Jimmy maybe gives up on his run a little too early. 
But also, Nijigoda should just be a little bit quicker there. Uh, I think Jimmy just kind of loses confidence that he can get the ball before he's offsides. Uh, and that's why he changes it up, because he knows he'll be able to get a shot off at least. Yeah, so at this point, after this chance is wasted, I was kind of like, all right, like, that's kind of one too many opportunities where we've just squandered at this point. Like, I'm getting real nervous. When Diego Rubio lined up for that free kick oh, two yeah. minutes later, I was not feeling good about the outcome. Um and Ivic just makes a great double save, and then Barrios just, like, rails somebody in the stands. With the yeah, ball. yeah, he, uh, <laughs> basically, the, the, the free kick comes in from pretty deep out. Ivic makes what is honestly probably a pretty routine save look a not so difficult. A little more difficult than it needs to be, yeah. but he makes the save. Unfortunately, kind of punches it right at Barrios, who takes a touch, rips a shot. Doesn't have a great angle, It but, goes you straight know. off Ivic's chest, right back to Barrios, like... I don't know if I've ever seen someone rip a shot, have it bounce off the chest right back to them, and then immediately take another shot. It's kind of funny. It's like Ivicic was trying to pad his stats with, like, or maybe pad Barrios' stats with, like, I don't know, man. Barrios had, like, a real Dion Waiters ass game in this one. Yeah. Anyway, he. he, Real shooters keep shooting. (laughs) I'd rather go 0 for 30 than 0 for 9. (laughs) Don't want to lose confidence. Although, judging by that last shot, he clearly did lose some confidence. Yeah, he did lose confidence. Yeah, so, like, he comes back to him, basically bounces straight off Ivicic, straight back to Barrios, who takes touchdown and has. I mean, he's only, like, six yards out from goal at this point. He's got options in the middle. He's standing right in front of the goal. Like,. Yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's, he's inside the six. He's inside Jossie the six yard in box. Six. He's inside the six yard box. So the ball is just like bouncing onto his foot, and he just slices it and nails someone in the. Uh, yeah, what what end is that? Let's see. South end. South end. Yeah, it's not the north end. So yeah, it's got to be the south end. I was trying to trying to rapid fire the Columbia River. What? That's why. That's why I always do it. I always do Columbia River with the north and the west hills for west, and then work it like that. What? Um, when I'm doing directions around Portland. Oh. Like trying to order. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, I just don't know how that applies to the stadium. Well, it doesn't apply to the stadium, which is why it was taking me longer than uh, just thinking about the North End. All right. um, Seemingly innocuous uh, nothingness happening in the 54th minute, um, you know, until uh, Bill Tuiloma decides to blast a ball over the top, um, and all of a sudden... Nizgoda's back, baby! Scoring his first goal of the year at home. Scoring his first goal at home in front of actual, like, rabid fans, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't have a stat for that. But, uh, I mean, before this, like, Providence Park wasn't the same as it used to be. Which, that's another discussion maybe we'll talk about later. But, anyways, great ball over the top from Bill. Amazing control with Nizgoda. Is this a handball? I don't think so, no. It's hard... It's hard to see. It really is. I've gone back and forth on this. I actually, I originally was like, there's no way it's a handball. Absolutely no chance when they first looked at it. And then I watched it again and I was like, oh crap, I think it is. And then the more I watched it, I went back to my original, I went back to my original opinion. The problem was that there was just a lack of good angles when they were looking at the replays. Um, Also, and I think that that... I think because there really weren't a lot of good angles, it made it very difficult to say it was a clear and obvious error. In post-game, uh, Nisgoto was asked about this. Uh, like, I asked him, Are you, were you nervous when it went to VAR? Like, what were you thinking? And he was like, no, no, I wasn't nervous, no. Like, I knew I hadn't done anything wrong, so, you know, like, maybe I thought I was offsides, but uh, I knew it wasn't a handball, so I wasn't worried. And I was like, oh, all right. Cool. Uh, <laughs> good to know because I was more than a little bit worried. I was pretty worried, <laughs> Especially yeah. when it took that long on VAR. But 
to the referee's credit, I don't think you can call that clear and obvious. I don't. I think that that's one of those things where, to be honest, whatever the call on the field is probably just going to stand. And probably should. Yeah. Um, because It so, probably shouldn't take 10 minutes. The other thing is I do see it, a lot... The, you are allowed to use your shoulder. Yeah, you are but where to, where's the shoulder end in the world? That is begins? that is that is the argument. That is like pretty much what this is about. Because like yeah. you see a lot of times, I you see players get handballed for like hitting it with what I consider to be the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Um, even well, though, I've seen, yeah, people pop it out like yeah. That. <clears throat> the question is exactly where does the shoulder end and where does the arm begin? You know, and it's that's <laughs> that's a very that's one that's a little bit more ambiguous. And it really seems to hit him right in that, like right in that armpit spot, you know. It's yeah, exactly. So it's, it's right so difficult, like it's... to say. I could, I can see both sides. I personally would give it to him. I, I, I kind of feel like this is almost like that, like one of those instances where, like, in offsides, tie goes to the attacker kind of thing. Yeah. Where, like it clearly, I think also it kind of hits his chest first, but maybe rolls onto the arm a bit just because of where it hits. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's really hard to tell. I, I think it might I, be a handball, but I think I would probably go the other way. If I had to choose, I would say it's clean. But if it were ruled handball, I would have a hard time saying that I think it should be overturned. Either way, it was a great goal, great yeah. finish. Yeah, he um, does an amazing job. He just chests it down first time, one touch, and then boom, blasted into the near post. This was a huge. I mean, I felt like the game was over after this goal yeah, got confirmed. Honestly. Um, because not only did it wake the crowd back not that the crowd was ever asleep in this game for one uh but it sent the crowd to a different level like scoring a goal like that in front of the army out of nothing Uh just the way he belted it into the back of the net yeah um that's that's big for energy like that's that's a huge momentum changer and not that again not that like we were lacking for momentum or anything but you know we'd missed that chance earlier like Ivicic had been through a couple, you know, he'd had a few nice saves at this point. Like, Colorado were getting a couple chances. The game felt like it was completely over after this. And that's what I was talking about earlier with, like, big momentum shifts. Like, this moment. Especially, with the, especially with the young keeper, you know, coming after halftime, getting scored yeah. on so quickly. It's like, yeah, you're not coming back from this. Yeah, sorry, buddy. Um, it's a really nice finish, yeah. He could be saving that, He too. could be saving it. His positioning isn't great. He's not a big body, you know. Um, but hey, this is what Nizgoda was brought here to do. This exact exactly, thing. exactly. Uh, and so good for him. I mean, we talk about confidence being the main thing with him all the time, and for good reason. Like he lacks for confidence a lot. Um, yeah, Nizgoda. He didn't have a ton of touches this game, but when when he did, they were goals. Yeah, so I'm not complaining. Uh, and again, that, that's why I'm okay with that being a thing with him. Um, I saw something. A couple people were asking why Mora like got so much run out. Or didn't get any run out um, after getting a few minutes against LA last week, uh, and like whether or not he should start the next game. I'm sorry, you start the guy who scored a brace the last game at home. Yeah. Uh, also, as we're watching this replay for the last time, the stiff arm to hold off trustees. Yeah. The stiff <laughs> if anything, arm, you could call him back yeah, for that. The stiff but. arm is a little bit questionable. <laughs> he kind of he kind of shoves trusty in the face while he's trapping it. Yeah. But you know, oh well. Uh, not complaining. Um, anyways, uh, the half continues. Uh, and um, almost immediately after scoring that goal, well, not immediately, because yeah. there was like a 50-minute VAR check, but... Um, Basically two minutes after the goal. Yeah. Uh, uh, nice little 1-2, okay, Santi to uh, Blanco. Um, Blanco cuts in, squares it for Nishgoda, who was absolutely wide open. Yeah. Um, 
and amazingly does not score. You know what I said as soon as he missed this chance? What? I said he's going to score again and not get this hat trick. <laughs> I literally knew it. I Because it had never been more obvious to me. The Timbers had all the momentum. Again, we were having pretty much all the ball at this point. Like... Colorado weren't exactly threatening oh, Colorado um, at this were, stage of the game. Quaking, we're quaking at this point. Uh, you got to finish that chance. So that, that was really disappointing. Yeah, I, I was... I, to be honest, I know that we were, uh, we've kind of been shitting on him a lot, but Rodriguez does make an unbelievable save on this. Yes, he feet. does. He yeah. makes himself as big as humanly possible and just gets it with his right foot. Actually, an incredible save. So, I mean, I guess credit to him for that one. Um, yeah, unfortunately for Colorado, uh, Eric Williamson wins the ball back immediately, and they have no left back remaining, so he literally dribbles all the way into the 18-yard box. Un- like At no point in this play does he get pressured whatsoever. I know, it's kind of amazing. Uh, I don't really think I've seen anything like that before. I don't think I've ever seen anything <laughs> like that in a game that's not like the 96th yeah. minute of like a team who has two red cards and is down 5-0 already, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and puts in a perfect ball just on the plate for Nias Goda. Yeah, I couldn't tell if he or curl- Jimmy scored it. I yeah, me neither. Like, um, he just curls it in right in front of goal. Keeper doesn't come out. No defender gets in the way. At that point, it might as well be a goal. So maybe like, this is a good time to talk about Eric Williamson and the overall game that Eric Williamson oh, Let's Let's get it oh, at, the end, at the, the end. end. Yeah, I want to okay, save it at right. the end. All right. Um, well, yeah, so that was a great goal. Again, the game was very much over at this point. And one Bill Tuilama steps up to take oh a free kick God, in the 73rd minute. Just, uh, you can feel the energy. Everybody oh in the stadium God. has their especially, phone out. Especially they know because Nish has just tied Bill for uh, season yeah, uh, for, for most goals yeah. on the team. Bill steps up to the free kick. Bill actually <laughs> also had two headers this game, I think. Um, neither of them were especially close, but uh, you know he had a couple other Dude. shots. You know, he's averaging th- averaging three shots a game at center back. Here's the thing, right? It's incredibly rare that a center back can do what Bill Tuiloma does. Yeah. It's incredibly rare that your center back even gets an assist in a game, which he had already done. It's incredibly rare that any center back in any league scores five goals in a year. Halfway through it, he's already done that, right? Yep. You know, all those things are just absolutely insane. Like you keep. It keeps permutating into lower and lower, lower percentage of people who can do this in the world. You find a very, very low percent of center backs that can take free kicks. Bill doesn't just take free kicks. He's good at taking free kicks. He's one of the best free kick takers in MLS this season, I'm willing to say. Um, And this one... (laughs) Comes as close as possible to scoring without going in. It's a great And it's from, what, 30 yards out? Uh, yeah, pretty pretty much. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really have anything else to say about it. He, like, curls um, it. Does he go around the wall or do you just go just over I it? think he goes over I it. I think he goes... I think someone, like, fails to jump in the wall, okay, to be yeah. honest, but... Um, anyway, at first I thought it was saved. Actually bangs off the outside of the post. Bangs off um, the base of the post. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, like square in the middle, honestly. He has the keeper beat. Anyways, whatever. That would have been some nice icing. Uh, Colorado have a chance in the 80th minute. There really should be a goal. It, it um, just has to be, basically. <laughs> on, in multiple opportunities in this play, like, Colorado should be scoring. Uh, I don't remember Ball goes exactly wide to Barrios. It, yeah, Barrios into Rubio. Rubio, I mean... It's a weird God, play. Zuberich does not do well there. And Tui Loma keeps everyone on sides. It's just... It's shambolic backline defending, honestly. Really like, is. everybody's all over the place, mad scramble, and all of a sudden they end up with the ball wide open in front of Ivicic. That one's for the Zach McGraw hive, honestly. Because um, uh, I, do, I don't even know. chasing shadows I, I don't out even there. Know, I don't even know who to blame here. I mean, th- everyone, everyone, everyone on our defense just completely loses it. 
<laughs> Diego Chara's Rankin, covering. Diego Chara. Well, no, Diego Chara's the only one doing something right. He's covering Barrios. I mean, yeah, numbers, but, but if you look at Tui Loma, is like keeping everyone on sides. Van Rankin stops marking his runner, leaves him wide open. Uh, Zuperich is God knows where. Anyways, Jonathan Lewis uh, ends up Bravo with the ball seven yards from goal and just the keeper to beat. And it's not a great angle. Like, he's got to turn his body quicker. But uh, he could have just literally stopped and, like, kicked it anywhere at the goal. And he probably would have been fine. Say so he takes just, a touch wide, he just makes it save. very well to close it down, smothers it. Um, Barrios plays it back. Barrios decides, hmm, maybe I shouldn't shoot this time. Yeah, good uh, call. Let me play it to Zardes literally right in front of the goal. Uh, actually, no, he definitely should shoot. Uh, he's so close, and the goal's right there. It's, you absolutely have to shoot that. Pass to Desardis, who skies it from four yards out. Although someone pointed out it might have been a block by Bill. Uh, I think he actually gets a touch to it. I don't oh, remember he whether it was a corner or not. But I don't um, think they gave him a corner, but... It, it was pretty insanely they good did. defending I don't remember, actually. I, I don't oh, I think they did, actually. Uh, some other stuff happened that I don't really The game, honestly, well. kind of... Was not as exciting as you would have hoped towards the end. I really oh, want to start piling it on, but dude, let me tell you, it's a journalist's dream up there, uh, getting your recap done as the game winds down and you know it's over already. Yeah, like, that was great. Um, but yeah, beautiful win, beautiful night in Portland. It's beautiful night atmosphere in the stadium. Sorry, beautiful atmosphere. Uh, the Timbers are back. <laughs> oh, God, I don't want to say it yet. I don't want to say it yet. We got another good game coming up next week. This week. This week. Oh, Wednesday, you're right. Yeah. Um, in two days. I'm gonna reserve judgment until then, just because Fair. I don't wanna after the whole after the seven goal game, I we kinda said some <laughs> stuff like that and it was not true, so Yeah, but I don't know, there was something I okay, I wasn't there for the seven two game, like we watched it at home, but I, I was there for this one. The energy in the stadium is Unlike anything I'd felt since 2019. Um, really? Yeah. Which is a long-ass time, man. Yeah. It's been like three years. Uh, obviously, there are reasons for that, both in and out of the, the club's control. But I um, thought it was great. It was going to be a Pride TIFO Wednesday night. Uh, so even though this was Pride night, like they wanted to do it against a team from Texas. Um, <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, honestly... Everybody pretty much played well. Um, like, the stadium was rocking. It, it just felt like what should be happening at Providence Park. In terms of team performance, um, beautiful. Yeah. Maybe the most enjoyable. The second half was maybe the most enjoyable soccer I've watched the Timbers play this year. In fact, not maybe, it was. Um, I, I have not had more fun. I mean, the seven-goal game was more fun just because we were scoring so much, but it wasn't better soccer. No. Like, this was... It was all counters. This was the best... The second half, we looked just unbelievable. And yeah. yes, we gave up some, some chances off of just, like, defensive mistakes. Um, but when we had the ball, I mean, we just looked great. Like, our st- the st- it really was the style of play, the confidence, yeah, you know? And that's what you want to see, really. You want to see, see the Timbers get their swagger back. That, that's one when of the, the Timbers are missing clicking, dude, yeah. when, when we're firing on all cylinders, it, we are the most entertaining team to watch. The, the Timbers have for a long time been like that team, you know, that gets goals, plays exciting football, is really good, always plays, is always strong, like no one wants to play them. Yeah. And like, uh, they went to the fourth of Providence, Providence Park, yeah. yeah. And like, we just haven't had that swagger this year, you know? Yeah. That, that like, that like, we're better, we're going to outplay you, this is our game, that kind of feeling, and that's what this game felt like. 
especially in the second half. But even in the first half, I thought we looked good. But the second half was really just dripping with confidence. Yep. So, again, like you said, I mean, we have to make this a trend and not a singular standalone data point. What's that called? Anomaly. Anomaly. Uh, Make it the norm, not the anomaly. Uh, Houston has a great chance to do that. It's a team we should be – like, again, we said it on the last episode. The Timbers should always be beating Colorado and Houston at home. Always. Every single time. Like, on on occasion, there are some teams that are so good. Like, when LAFC ruined the re-grand opening, like, Uh LAFC are a better team. Like, they are favored in that game. Portland – are probably, they're definitely favored against Houston. I haven't looked at the odds. But they should always be favored against those two teams, like Colorado and Houston. Uh-huh. Not big spenders. Like, you're not going to have world-class players. You don't have to worry about teams. the away fan section uh, out <laughs> shouting the Chimbers Army. Dude, there was one guy um, in the Colorado section that I could hear, because you can't see it from the press box. Like, uh-huh. You can't see that side of the stadium. Um, but I could hear one guy when Paredes was down injured, like screaming at him. <laughs> he was like booing him. He <laughs> wants some Colorado fan, which I thought That's was bold. really odd. But it's uh, a bold decision. All right, do you want to go like player by player real quick? Yes. Just run through um, some performances. Start with Ivicic. I do want to start with Ivicic because I felt comfortable having yeah. Ivicic back there. Yeah, he was He's solid. Been very, very good the last few games, last several games. Um, no big mistakes, making all the saves he needs to. Um, Again, I, he hasn't always looked as polished um, in a lot of the saves. Sometimes he, he seems like he makes them harder than they might need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he's... Those he's, aren't, like, mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, like, but, like he's, he's, he's made every save that you've expected him to make, like, and he's and he's looks competent. He, honestly, he's looked very good. Uh, he's looked very yeah. good these last several games. I think it's... Uh, I think of him in a similar way. I think of him as Gota... Obviously, when you're a striker, you have to be giving output, um, and it's not like Ivicic has been like making big errors or anything. But it's hard to judge, you know, judge those two positions. My point being, they both like just need confidence. Uh-huh. We know they're good; they just need confidence. Um, and so, a game like this, this is the exact type of game you want a clean sheet in. Clean sheet, yes. Like huge. where you know it's already over. By the way, this is like our second clean sheet of the entire season. We could not get a clean sheet to <laughs> buy our fucking lives. That um, makes sense, but whatever. I. I yeah, <laughs> it's fine. All right, back line. Uh, let's start with Bravo. Because Bravo, I think, was solid. Bravo got cooked several times by Barrios and also absolutely destroyed Barrios several times. I thought Bravo had, a, first of all, I thought he had an amazing second half. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought his first half was much more of a mixed bag. Um, it's funny. If you look at, hold on. I looked up his stats on SofaScore after the game, I remember. And he had, let's see if I can find it. Um, yeah, five successful tackles and dribbled past four times. Which yeah. is um. not great, but, I mean, he did <laughs> make a... dribbles to face. Yeah, it's a, yeah I, I think that there was definitely a couple times in the first half and then also early in the second half where Barrios very clearly got the better of him in places where he really just can't be getting beat. Yeah. Because he's getting beat too easily down the line, which is just really, really, really dangerous. Um, I even texted at one point. I was like, God, Bravo sucks. Like, what is he doing? Yeah. Um, and then I immediately texted him, never mind. After he made like two straight tackles, he <laughs> yeah. created the penalty. I was like, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> Don't want Boney, actually. Um, oh, Jesus. Uh, yes, yeah, so I I thought yeah he old I think by I think after all ninety minutes were up I think he had a very net positive game although there was definitely times of the game where I wanted to strangle him because it was like 
stand your man up. Come on. Yeah. But he also had some great tackles. Huge mixed bag from him, you know? He's kind of all over the place. But generally positive. Generally positive. Okay. Uh, the big ones. I mean, we know... I don't even know if we need to evaluate Bill. Like, he's the team's best center back right now. and Played it, great. It's pretty obvious. And obviously, like we said earlier, he does a lot of other things, too. Solid defensively. Great on offense. There is another center back, though, that was on the pitch. Uh, Maviala was... Out due to yellow card suspension, so Zubrich slides in. Stupid yellow card he got in like 15 minutes in the last game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just absolutely trucking someone. Which, yeah, I guess we didn't even talk about the LA game at all, but we oh, don't you're really right, yeah. want to, anyways. Um, everybody knows what happened already. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great to have Bill back. Zubrich, I'm. It's getting harder and harder to be an anti Zach McGraw guy right now. Yeah, I. Mean, uh... Again, Zuprich is not. He didn't play especially well today. He hasn't played especially well over the our recent stretch of games. And I am. I. I do. I've. I liked what I've seen tentatively from Zach McGraw so far. So I definitely am in favor of him getting more minutes. He got some more minutes tonight, but I still don't necessarily think it's time to start benching Zuprich for McGraw. Yeah, I mean, just Zuprich is a professional. Mm-hmm. Like McGraw, I'm sorry, he just doesn't have the reps yet. Like I don't, I don't, I still trust Dario Zuperich to defend somebody instead of Zach. Yeah, McGraw. see me too. Like I don't hate Zach McGraw. Um, no, me either. I I like him. I think he's got a lot of promise. Um, I've liked what I've seen from him so far, but I don't think he's ready to really consistently hold down that starting role. I don't either. Um, whatever. Anyway, uh, Zuperich again, not a great performance, but. Not great. Not not really terrible. Not, yeah. no, not just not not a whole lot of standouts. Van Rankin. <laughs> I mean, Van Rankin did. It's gonna be gone soon. He did whatever. He did what Van Rankin normally does in a Timbers win, not sabotage the entire game. Yeah, and that's about it. <laughs> that's all you can really ask him to do at this point. Yeah, honestly, um, is Van Rankin is not actively sabotaging us good enough? What's the date today, dude? Today is the twenty. Wait for it. Seventh. Uh, Okay, so I believe next game will be Van Ricken's last for the Timbers. All right. There was a report connecting him. Uh, Carretero are interested, the Mexican club, obviously known for other things that happened, unfortunately, in their stadium recently. Ah, but, yes. Um, Chivas don't want him. Um, <laughs> surprise, their surprise. Player. <laughs> so uh, I guess they have been watching him after all. Yeah. Um, but I can't imagine the Timbers will want to extend him. For the love of Christ. Especially as much as they've been talking about bringing in a new right back. Merritt Paulson even put out an Instagram... He replied to someone's Instagram comment, which, like, all right, okay. bro. Uh, saying that the Timbers would bring a couple more guys in. And, like, especially one big name. So, just... Get, we talked about this last time, man. Just go grab a fucking Chris Duvall from somewhere. Like, yeah, honestly. Uh, go, go get me, like, Andrew Farrell. We or, don't need a superstar uh, outside back. We, no. we have enough players that can get involved in the attack and from other positions. Um, we just need someone who could play defense. Give me Zarek Valentin. Yeah. I'm serious. Seriously, I'm okay yeah. with Valentin. Zarek Valentin would be great. Uh, anyways, midfield. Uh, let's do Paredes real quick. I thought he was fine before he went off. Kind of a typical Paredes game. Nothing yeah. Really exceptionally crazy happening. Um, and then Diego Chara. Again, Diego Chara, model of consistency, still chugging away. Yeah. Still got that nice first half yellow card and got a nice smile out of it. Yeah. Um, he was probably pissed because, uh, who did he foul? Um, 
Oh god, this is gonna bug me. I remember I remember like it was um who was it? It was I think it was Was it Lewis? I think it was Jonathan Lewis that he fouled. Yeah, it was. Um, for the yellow. Yeah, and basically he like basically grabs Lewis like as he he grabs his arm or something, and then Lewis goes down clutching his leg, and <laughs> and he was like pissed. And he's like like what? He's like I grabbed his arm. Like how, why is he clutching his leg? Um, you can ultimately see the smile, but he was a little bit belated. He was a little bit hot after that. Um, that said, it is still a yellow card, even if the even if it's a flop. Um, Dio is still really good. He can contribute what he needs to an attack yeah. for us, and he obviously does that. Said work. Uh, he's clearly not as much of an everyman as he has been in years past. Yeah. We he's still get, good. He's still good, but... See, now, the only, like, positive I can take away from Eric being injured constantly is that it does drive his market value uh, down quite a bit. Uh, uh-huh. So maybe he won't be getting a move. So maybe he can, he can... He and, you know... He and Peretta's now have two opportunities for us to some someone come up and replace that role. That was... All right. The worst broken English, and we really need to move on. We might as well. We might as well talk about him. Eric Williamson. Holy crap! What a performance! That was awesome, awesome. man. Absolutely He's, love it. Dude. Absolutely love it. Best best performance we've seen out of Eric since injury by far. He just looked great. He was so confident. Everything he was doing was working. Gliding by defenders, connecting with players, um, setting setting his teammates up, playing defense. Holy shit! He looked amazing. It was awesome Dude, to watch. It was all about the sauce for Eric. He was saucing. He was, he was saucing. Going hard. That one was for the like USMNT uh, compilation yeah, exactly. video creators. Exactly. He knew that they'd be watching. He knew he knew they'd see the extra few touches on the forehead before playing the ball back. <laughs> he knew that they would see the quick little pirouette or the quick little no look pass the other way, uh-huh. like. Just little things like that. Hanging on to the really, ball a little really bit too long so we can get the nutmeg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. Oh, very Weston McKinney-esque oh, uh, Eric, performance in that a, sense. It was, it was so great. That, was, that, was, that made me so happy. Yeah. Um, he's really fucking good. And to be honest, I, I don't see a way you can keep him off the pitch at this point, especially with Paredes oh, getting hell into the Hell no, hell no. All right, the attackers. Uh... Seba, Jimmy, Santi, who was the best out of the three of them last night or two nights ago, whatever the damn game was. <laughs> uh, I would say Blanco. Okay. Of the three, um, I thought, like you said, Moreno had a very good game. I thought Jimmy was solid, um, but ultimately, like the other thing with Jimmy is he just didn't finish his chances. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't think that means he had a bad game. He didn't have a lot of like really. Grade A, you know, must finish chances, but uh, the but he had one, the one in the first half. I but that got that one got blocked. Uh, it wasn't like he missed. No, it, no, man. I mean where he slipped. Oh, when he was hitting the ball. Oh Remember? yeah, I don't know. I I I think they were all like solid chances, but like it's not like you would be like, oh, you have to score one of those. Um, but anyway, I thought he looked pretty good in build up play. Other than that, he was clearly a threat. Um, he was clearly working well on defenders. Um, yeah, I thought he played had a solid game. Santi, similar-ish story, although obviously drawing the penalty was huge. And he has um, flashier plays. Yeah, Santi really had a good game, but I think that you have to give it to Blanco of the three because Blanco was again pulling the strings, making things happen. He's the boss. If you look at if you look at so many of our promising attacks, Blanco is always in the mix, and not just like. With like a generic role, like he's always making some important, incisive pass that gets it going. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it was interesting in the first half. I was, you know, during kind of a lull in play, I was watching. I was just watching Seba. He was on the left side of, of our attack, 
uh, and he was calling for the ball, calling for the ball, calling for the, like if you ever just watch Seba and nobody else, um, like he's constantly calling for it. I don't know if you've noted if you've ever noticed anything between like him and Bravo chemistry wise, but uh, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting that he was like getting really really pissed when he didn't get the uh-huh. ball. Um, so um, yeah. obviously Yarick, great performance. Like we kind of already said, um, didn't get a ton of touches, but when he did, made. Did the right things, made it happen. Um, scored his goals, set up his teammates well, didn't lose the ball. Excellent performance. All right, let's get to these questions. Uh, well, uh, hold on, let's do uh, MLS Moments Man of the Match. Oh, right. For, yeah, first. First. You mean the things I always forget yeah. every time I do this? <laughs> uh, man of the Match for me, Tiarek. Um, This is hard, man, because I think Ivacic had a great game. Um, Tui Loma had a great game. Blanco had a great game. Yark had a great game. But I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with a sleeper pick, and I'm gonna give it to Williamson. Ooh! Because I know that you know. Obviously, Yark got the two goals. You know, Eric only got the one assist. But like, just the way he played, like I, I think like it was almost like he was like giving the rest of the team confidence with how well he was playing, mm. and like, I, like I don't that. know. And he was great. Obviously, he set up one of the goals. But like, yeah, Eric was just phenomenal today. Um, honestly, his performance was like meant as much to me as the result, just because yeah. like we've not really seen a super like dominant Eric performance since his injury and this was that this was like the if, if, I mean, if he keeps putting up these performances he's going to have to make the national team he's going to have to force that conversation yeah so I mean one of the questions we have is Paredes or Williamson as Diego's sidekick are you taking I mean oh Williamson all day every day right, yeah right. Um, I, mean, I like Paredes, I, don't know, I think it's Paredes a little is... closer than people talk about. Like Paredes just does a lot of the grunt work. I know, I know you you're stuff. really big on Paredes. I'm a big Paredes guy, man. I, I like Paredes, but I I am taking Williamson all day every day. Paredes quietly probably has like almost a hundred appearances as a Timber at this point, and he's like twenty two or twenty. Yeah, you're right. Actually, I guess I I don't have the number in front of me. I'm just guessing, but like I mean, the dude's been in the team for like four years, and, he, now. and he's been like in and around the starting lineup. For pretty much the entire yeah, time, yeah, You're getting at least sub appearances. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, um, team grades. Uh, team grades. I'm A minus. A minus. Uh, yeah. I think uh, this is a tough one because I think that it, I I see the argument for A minus. Um, just because there was a lot of defensive liabilities that they probably should have had a goal. Honestly, um. So I think in that sense, A- minus makes sense. But I'm going to give him an A just because I think that in terms of the style of play, this is my favorite, like, this is the best um, I've seen from the Timbers this year. Like, the, like in terms of offensive style of play, I've liked it more than, like, anything I've seen all season, I think. Nice. Um, and I, I, I think I can forgive some of the defensive screw-ups that we had um, uh, because of that. All right. Um, MLS Moments. MLS moments. I, I have two MLS moments. You go um, right ahead because I'm okay. trying to type this into this tiny little phone. Okay. Um, my first one was uh, there was one moment where um, it was like a back, it was like a pass across the line to uh, to Iloma, and he just like completely miscontrolled it. It rolled out of bounds, but like right under his foot or something. And I screamed like Van Rankin, come on, what are you doing? And then I realized <laughs> it wasn't Van Rankin; it was Tui Loma. Oh, Van Rankin was pushed up, and Tui Loma was over on the right. I'm like, oh. It just, I don't know, just in my head, like, anytime I see someone on the right let the ball roll under their foot out of bounds, like, it has to be Van Rankin, even though they look nothing alike. Um, yeah. And so I was like, all right. But anyway, either way, MLS moment, too. What are you doing? 
still had a great game, but like the ball just literally goes right through him like he's not there. It's like that Zarek Valentin one where he dribbles out of bounds. Uh, I have a I have an MLS moment that's kind of a weird one. Something that you actually brought to my attention earlier. Uh, Colorado's best player, Mark Anthony K, gets subbed off in like the 60th something minute. Uh-huh. That's kind of my MLS moment because it just shows like you actually have zero faith in your team to like do this, do you? Um, maybe a lack of awareness from Robin Frazier, who's supposed to be one of the better coaches in MLS. So I mean. Whatever. I just thought that was really odd. And then, like, every single shot from Barrios and Zardes is also an MLS yeah. in this game. The, the other one that I thought was funny, um, this one, I don't even know. This is another Van Rankin moment. Uh, basically, he gets he gets, uh, he gets gets the ball in, and it was one of those where the ball's rolling into him, and he kind of goes to turn with it. And whoever the defender was, way over-exaggerated, as if he was going to go backwards with it, and jumps by Van Rankin, who, even though he just takes a normal touch to feet, suddenly finds himself past the defender without even making a move, and, like, dribbles into space, and it's like, holy crap, like, what do I do? And then sends a crosswood pass to Blanco, which goes over his head out of bounds. Um, it was like, he was so surprised that he actually managed to dribble by someone that he just blasts the ball out of bounds. Yeah. Um... um. Anyway, good win. Good three points. Let's do these questions. Uh, First one from John Paul Flores. We're going to speed through these because, yeah, we are running out of time. Thoughts on stats given from Opta Jack. Oh, basically, like, so this Opta account tweeted out, like, uh, oh, shit, what was it? I'm going to, no, I'm not going to find it in time. But anyways, it was like the Timbers have scored this many goals, and it was like they've scored 14 goals in this many wins and, like, 13 goals in all their combined other games. It's like, well, yeah, that happens when you score seven in one game. Uh-huh. I don't know. I thought it was just kind of an interesting numbers stat. I, I don't really think it needs to be overanalyzed or anything. Yeah, I mean, those the, things are built for entertainment, not the, like the seven goal painting. game. Obviously, uh, really, really affects that. I don't really have any take about it. But he asks, "Looks like the Timbers are coming back in form, but it seems like we're only clobbering teams who are already struggling." What's going to happen when we go up against teams uh, that know what they're doing, even when this, quote, renovated squad, with this renovated squad? I do think it's interesting to think about this in terms of opponent, because Colorado are not a great team right now. And, no. like, a better, team, a better team scores at least one goal in yes. this game, probably multiple. A better team also probably doesn't sub off their best player in the second half and probably doesn't give up uh, when the second goal is scored against them. Yeah, this game was definitely... Also, we played against a 19-year-old 5'8 goalkeeper. Yeah, the, when, you, when you put it in context, for me, the win, the thing that was more impressed about the win was the way that we won, not so much that we won 3-0. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't think that, like... I, it was just it was the style of play, really, that I... And again, like, in the second half, like I said, in the first half, we were doing a lot of 1-2 passing, weren't really creating out of it. The second half, we were doing the same stuff, and it was just clicking. Yeah, you know, we looked way more confident. We were moving the ball well. We were keeping possession. Um, well, we felt more comfortable. That's a yeah. game state thing. Yeah, and like I, I, I think that like the result, the three zero result, almost doesn't even matter so much. It could have been two zero. Could have been three one. Could have been four zero. And it would have kind of felt the same way, no matter if in like anywhere in that range. Yeah, just because like I, lo- I liked the way we were playing, and I thought it was like some of the best looking football um, that I've seen. Um. Next question from Summer. Zach has scored in the last two T2 games. Any chances we get to see more playing time for the first team? Uh, we have another comment from German that is just Zach McGraw. The picture of Zach. <laughs> um, uh, for context, there's a Timbers group chat I'm in on Twitter, and they they love Zach McGraw. Like, they think he should be starting every game. And 
I don't think I'm there, but uh, I can't really argue with it too much. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, I just right now we need points, and I I think that we should not be. I think we should stick with Super Rich unless his form is continues to dip or gets worse. Like I still think he's our best center back, and we need we need the points. So I don't think it's a very good time to try to get Zach some experience. Um, obviously, bringing him in off the bench, you know, getting him some minutes is good. And if we can find a spot where you know he can start a game against maybe a, a weak opponent or I don't know. I just, I just, I just, I want to focus on what's best for the team right now. Um, and I think that maybe as far as using, is not, uh, yeah, as far as using goals for justification for that, uh, to miss me with that, like <laughs> you're scoring goals for T2. Great. One of the is like scoring uh, goals at center back is very much, it's like, it's very, Bill already does that. It's, kind, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's very much based on like the spots you get in, which can be kind of random. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't necessarily indicate that he's like having great performances just because he's getting goals. Um, although getting goals never hurts. True. Uh, Eric says maybe not for this week. Oh, great. All right, we're going to answer it next week then. John asks a little late, but did you guys hear Pulisic's comments about fans in the last international break? Uh, um, how well of a crowd? Yeah, yeah, did. yeah, right, yeah, right after the. I think, didn't, didn't, I think we game? mentioned it was in the, one was of it our the Morocco game. Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, I think we mentioned it actually at the, yeah. on one of our earlier episodes. It may, maybe very briefly. How um, well of a crowd do you think the USMNT would get if they played a game in Portland? Pretty good. I mean, they, I mean, had, they, they would, played they that would sell out. I they mean. played that Belize game. It was like a conca- random like Concacaf Gold Cup group stage game. We won like six zero or something, and it was a good crowd. I, I mean, I think the national team will draw fans wherever it goes, to be honest, uh-huh. if it's marketed well enough. I mean, I would love I, to just see a national team game Yeah, somewhere. Uh, at all, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anywhere but Ohio, which is like God, the, yeah. Ohio and Austin or the Kansas City. It's the same damn places every time. I know, it's so frustrating. Lastly, any thoughts on the new media deal between MLS and Apple? I think it's good, and I have a rant prepared for it, but I won't do it here. Um, I, I think it's good. Yeah, I, you know, you, and we already talked about this. I know you have a lot more about it to say than I do. I don't really know. I I think it's a net positive, but, um, Ryan asked, what positions do you think need addressing in the summer window? Right back. Right back. Don't really care about the the rest of the team looks good. Give me a right back, maybe a backup left back. Maybe if we're spending big, give me a good center back. Uh, I think that's all. Center mid, maybe. I don't know. We've got Ayala. Uh, I don't know, man. Our midfield is deep. Like, yeah, we got Paredes, Williamson, Ayala, Diego. Obviously, like George Fashive is still on the team. I mean, if, if Ayala, if Ayala, I mean, again, we just haven't seen a lot from him. If he does turn out to be a member of our rotation, then that's probably not as that's not really very pressing. But yeah, in a similar vein, uh, Gribben asks predictions on who will be who will be. I think that's supposed to be our quote big arrivals in the summer transfer window. First of all, hi Griffin. Second of all. Uh, I don't have predictions on names. I don't think we'll have a big arrival, despite what Paulson says. Yeah, I think we're going to get the last big arrival right was uh, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Um, yeah, I I think that um, I think we're just going to get a regular ass Joe to play right back, which is honestly fine. It's all we fucking need, man. It's all We've we been need. saying it for months now. Uh, and then finally, uh, last one will answer today. Roasted until I die asks for a quick preview of Seattle versus Portland, which obviously isn't for a couple weeks, but uh, it's looking, you know, if the Timbers can build some momentum in this game against Houston, we're staring down a pretty important collision course, like one of the more important games between Portland and Seattle in the regular season. Uh, 
So yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll both be up there in Seattle, so it'll be fun. Yeah, it should um, be fun. But yeah, all right, man. Anything else? Uh, uh, we play nothing. Houston. We should beat them. I'm pretty we sure it's one hundred and ten degrees time. in this room. I really um, need some water. And yeah, I can tell that your ride down to Eugene is outside. Oh, so. it is. oh, oh is yeah, you're right. right. Yeah. Oops. Okay. Uh, well, right. uh, perfect. <laughs> uh, I think that's all we got. As always, go Timbers. Go Timbers. <laughs>